Can you hear me? <laughs> so what do you know about the disciple Thomas? And when I say that name, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yes. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind as well when I think about Thomas. And I wonder, how would I feel if that's how I were remembered, as Doubting Kerry? Or if you were remembered as Doubting Simon? It's not a very nice way to be remembered, I think. And so I thought today we'd have a look at how Jesus interacted with Thomas. And this is continuing our series on how Jesus reveals himself to us. Because it's God who takes the initiative. Everything that we know about God, everything that we understand, everything that we expect about God, it comes from him. He's the one who makes the first move. And so in the first week we heard from Caleb, we looked at how Jesus appeared to Mary. Tomb. And Mary was so focused on finding the body of Jesus that the sight of those two angelic beings didn't even frighten her. And when Jesus did appear to Mary, it wasn't until he said her name that she recognised him. And then he gave her a mission to go and tell the disciples that he was alive. And last week, Eric took us on a journey on the Emmaus Walk And we heard about those two disciples, how their hearts burned as Jesus opened the scriptures to them. And then how they only recognised him when he broke the bread. And then they were so excited that even though it was a long journey back and it was night and it was dangerous, they didn't stay. They went back to tell the disciples. That's what an encounter with Jesus Christ does. And so today, we're going to look at Jesus how he revealed himself to Thomas. As we heard in the Bible reading, Thomas had an inquiring mind. He needed to see the truth for himself. And his desire was to see Jesus as the risen Lord and not just to rely on what the other disciples had said. And this is the event that we remember most about Thomas. But I want to start by having a look at the earlier parts of Thomas's life with Jesus. So in all of the Gospels, Thomas is listed as a disciple. But in John's Gospel, Thomas is actually mentioned four separate times. And the first mention of Thomas is in John 11, 16. And that's where Jesus is in Galilee and he says that he is going to Jerusalem. He's setting his mind to go to Jerusalem and that was a dangerous thing for him to do because at that time the Jews had determined that they were going to kill Jesus. And the other disciples, they try to convince Jesus not to go. They say, no, it's dangerous, we can't go. But Thomas, he speaks up and he boldly says, let's go and we will die with Jesus. This is a rather brave and a quite impulsive thing for Thomas to say. And it's something that I would more associate with something that Peter would do. But here we see that Thomas has so much faith in Jesus as the Messiah that he's willing to go with him to Jerusalem and to die if that's what will happen. And Thomas is living out what Jesus has taught him. In Mark 8, 34 to 35, Jesus said, 
that you must deny your own life. And here is Thomas taking that stand and being very bold and living for Jesus. Just as Paul says in Romans 12.1, that we are to be living sacrifices to the Lord. There was no doubt that Jesus was Lord and Saviour for Thomas. And his faith was so strong that he was willing to die for what he believed in. And I find that really challenging. This is a real threat to Thomas's life and he's willing to follow through. The second time that Thomas is mentioned in John's Gospel is in chapter 14 and that's at the Last Supper. And Jesus is talking about the fact that he's going away and that he's going to prepare a room for people. And of course, Jesus is speaking of his death and his resurrection and the hope of eternal life, which we can see clearly, but for the disciples, this was not what they expected would happen. And Thomas in verse five is confused and he says, well, how can we follow you, Lord, if we don't know where you're going? Thomas is just being very practical. He wants to know where Jesus is going so that he can follow him. It's as simple as that. And Jesus answers with these words. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we hear these words many, many times in our Christian lives. And we have Thomas to thank for this because that's Jesus' answer to his question. And these are some of the most beautiful words that Jesus ever spoke about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We should never be afraid to ask questions, to ask why, to ask how, to question things, because that's how we learn. That's how we deepen our faith. That's how we can hear God answer our call just as Jesus answered Thomas. And I think sometimes as Christians that we don't want to admit that we have doubts. We don't want to admit that we struggle to accept a particular scripture or that we have lots of questions about life and death and God and Jesus. I think it's really important for us to be able to share the questions that are on our hearts to be able to be real with each other. And I think Thomas shows us that this is okay. And often if you have a question, then somebody else has got the same question as well. And so it can be a real encouragement to each of us when we're honest. And Jesus, he was always open to people asking questions because it shows that we're seeking answers. It shows that, that we're not just dormant in our faith, that we're not just coasting along, that we're engaged, and that we're wrestling with the issues of life as they come up. And Jesus himself, he asked lots of questions. I just quickly went through the Gospels and I counted up over 200 questions that Jesus asked. And they were, they were questions that either taught, or they were probing, or they were challenging, and they were also encouraging. This is how Jesus interacted with his people. He asked questions. So let's be a people of God who are open to asking questions, 
that will deepen our faith and deepen our relationship with our Lord. And the third time that Thomas is mentioned is in John 20, 24, which is the verse that we read today. Now Thomas was not with the other disciples when Jesus appeared to them the first time in the upper room. And so the disciples tell him, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. And you can imagine how excited they were. But Thomas hadn't shared in that experience. And he's still trying to work out his grief and trying to understand everything that Jesus taught him and, and then reconcile that with the death that he'd seen, the awful death at the cross. So just imagine the scene. The disciples are jumping for joy. They're probably being really loud and praising God and carrying on and being very exuberant and over the top. And Thomas, on the other hand, he's gloomy, he's despondent, he's full of sorrow, full of questions. The plans that Thomas had for Jesus are not the plans that God had for him. And Thomas just responds with the way that he's feeling. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I will not believe. Thomas is being real. He can't change from being a saddened state to being in this ecstatic state just because the friends around him are so over the top. And I wonder how many of us can relate to this. Can you remember a time when you were feeling quite opposite to the way the group around you were feeling? And sometimes the feeling of the group can be infectious, but other times the more people are joyful if you're feeling sad, the more isolating you feel and the sadder you feel. And I think this is what happened with Thomas. Thomas wanted his own experience with the Lord. And he'd been so shattered by Jesus' death that he couldn't reconcile what the other disciples were so excited about. I think this is a very important point because we don't ever have second-hand experiences with Jesus. We can be encouraged by what happens with others. We can be encouraged by answers to prayer. We can be encouraged by seeing healings or people saved or deliverances. All those things encourage us. But in the end, it's our experience with God that is the thing that we need. Each one of us has our own walk with the Lord. And this is how caring and how loving Jesus is to each one of us because he appears to Thomas and he says to him, put your fingers in my wounds. Jesus hears our heart cry. Jesus knew the need of Thomas. And this is the beauty of our Lord. How respectful is Jesus of Thomas? He's offering to satisfy that need that Thomas had. It's a generosity and unconditional love. It's just the beauty of our Lord. And Thomas reacts in humbleness, my Lord, my God. And then Jesus says to him, stop doubting and believe, which is how the New International Version translated. But if you take a straight literal translation, it is, be not unbelieving, but believing. Be not unbelieving, but believing. Jesus is talking about his resurrection. He's saying, believe that I 
have conquered death. Believe it, Thomas. He's not saying that Thomas doesn't have faith. He just needs to believe that Jesus is alive again. And then Jesus tells him, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who believe in me without seeing me. And of course, Jesus is talking about us. And this statement is often taken as a rebuke of Thomas, but really it is a statement about the many believers who are coming after, the blessings that Jesus is pouring out on us. And remember that the other disciples, when they first heard the news from Mary Magdalene that Jesus was alive, Peter and John ran to the grave and saw that it was empty. And then what did they do? They went to the upper room and they locked it. And they hid there because they were afraid. So they didn't believe Mary Magdalene either. And then Jesus appeared to them. So Thomas was not with them then. But much the same way, he didn't believe the other disciples just as the disciples had not believed Mary. And I think we're so used to the idea of the resurrection that maybe we're a bit dull to the impact that it had on the disciples because we look back and we can see clearly what Jesus was saying. But for the disciples, they were living it. This was something that was happening to them in their daily lives. This was earth shattering. This was an amazing thing that was affecting them profoundly. And for us today, we need also to meet Jesus. Of course, this is not the same way that Thomas saw the risen Lord. We meet Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it does need to be an individual relationship. It's not through your mum and dad or through your friends. It's you and Jesus, it's me and Jesus, and then it's us and Jesus. And faith in God does not mean that we stop thinking about our faith. When Jesus was asked to sum up all the, the commandments, he said to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. That means our mind also needs to be engaged in our faith. We don't leave it behind because we have a faith in God. And Thomas is a great example for us because it shows us that even in our faith, we can have questions. Now, the last time that Thomas is mentioned in John's Gospel is when he went fishing with Peter. So this is after Jesus has appeared to him in the upper room. All of the disciples, they go fishing. So they've had this incredible experience of seeing the risen Lord and they decide to go back to what they know. They'll go and fish. And they fish all night and they don't catch anything. And then they see Jesus on the shore and he says to them, to put the net on the other side of the boat and they catch such a huge haul of fish that they can't even pull it in. Thomas went on to be a missionary to India and he founded the first churches there. He was a powerful and a faithful man of God and we can thank him for showing us today that it's okay to be honest with our Lord. And Thomas, of course, he was with the disciples the second time that Jesus appeared. That means he didn't give up his faith. 
He was still meeting with the disciples. He still had a belief in Jesus as Lord. He just wanted to see the risen Lord for himself. And I think this shows us that we can have a strong faith, but that we can have some parts of the walk of our life that are just not settled. Maybe it's an issue in our thinking. Maybe it's a feeling of uncertainty about something. It can be a niggle at the back of your mind or a twinge that happens sometimes. But it doesn't mean that we've lost our faith in God. And I think sometimes as Christians, we imagine that the more faith I have, the less questions that I will have. But faith is not a matter of knowledge. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. Knowledge can help us in our beliefs, but it's different to faith. And God reveals much to us. But we don't know everything in God's plan. But what he has revealed to us, that makes faith possible. But the things that are not revealed, that's why we need faith. So what is revealed makes faith possible. But what is not revealed means that faith is necessary. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, when he says that we, we know only in part. And it's why we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Our faith, it lives side by side with questions because we don't know the whole picture. Thomas had faith, but he also had difficulty believing that Jesus was alive after the brutal death that he had witnessed. But the beautiful essence of the story of Thomas is that it shows us that Jesus knows, he knows the questions that we have and that he wants to answer those for us. He wants us to know him as Lord and Saviour, as the Son of God, who died for us and who is resurrected. And that is the ultimate and the most amazing answer to all of our questions. So thank you, Thomas. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you know our innermost being and yet that you still love me. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. May we walk by faith in the knowledge of the love of Jesus Christ. And may, may we be willing to give you all those questions, Lord God, and hear you answer us. In Jesus' name, amen.